It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. John, pick the water bottle up and put it next to your head. <laughs> That is cool. It's two ga- It's a gallon. That's a cool. That's a Kool Aid cookout picture. Yeah, I feel like you text the other guys and you're like, "I'm gonna have this big ass water container. Let's see if Shay says anything." I'm like, "That's what happened." From this sure. angle, it looks crazy too. Like, yeah, it looks half my body size. Like my my, you know, my. It looks like the bottle in the water in the water cooler. It like it looked like you're drinking out of just a water yeah, cooler. Big as my torso. Y'all remember, on, y'all remember on, on, on Pee Wee's Playhouse when Pee Wee was show with just like that big ass cowboy hat on? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. About that shit. Yeah. What are you talking Same about? <laughs> Whatever are you talking about? <laughs> just a reminder: you can catch us recording this podcast live on Amp. Amp is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with us in person while we're recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow us at, at Jenkins and Jones to get notified when we go live. All right, it's our pleasure to welcome on uh, New York Times bestselling author and noted water bottle size <laughs> noticer, Shay Serrano. Shay, thanks for hopping on the show. What up, What's baby? Up, what up, bro? So uh, I'm so happy to be here. Man, I saw y'all's uh, beast battle thing that y'all are working on. Yeah. And I, I, I saved it to my iPad, and then I went home, and it was the first thing I did oh, when I got wow. home with my youngest oh. son. I said, hey, we got to do this. This is going to be so much fun. And he he told me to tell y'all he really enjoyed it. On his bracket, the three silverbacks ran away with it. Okay. Nothing, nobody, could, nobody could fuck with the three silverbacks. How old is he? I'm trying to figure out the demos on Animal Opinions. He's 10, about to be, he'll be 11 in a couple months. He's, he's, he, there was he's a, right a, about a my listener's... son's age, and my son had the exact yeah. same thing. So, so someone showed their seven-year-old filled out the bracket and they picked Silverbacks too. Silverbacks, all the rage with the kiddos. I, I think the Silverback is a smart pick too. I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, the winner. That's the winner. 
Does he, strength, you have all strength of the, intelligence, opposable thumbs. They can choke yes. and throw. And, yeah. You have all of the benefits of a human, but also superhuman strength. Yeah. It's just, you're not going to be three. Three, Superman, three of them. Three of was them. Was it close anywhere? Fuck was that. anything close with it? Or was it just a, like a clean sweep on you? All all of the other brackets, he was like, well, let me see. With If you have eight hyenas, da, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 like he was talking through it. And then every time we would get to the silverbacks versus gators, uh, the silverbacks. Like, didn't Cooks. matter what. He, <laughs> he was like, when the gator would fight something else, he'd be like, well, if they get him in the water, it's over. And they go, oh. The gorillas could just pull them out of the water, like yeah, they're done. They're done. <laughs> Those it's thumbs, a wrap. man. Those yeah. thumbs, bro. Game, game changer for real. <laughs> uh, all right, well, Shay, the reason we've got you on is to talk about uh, your new book that's out on your own label, Halfway Books. Uh, the book's called Action Hero Scouting Report. You can find it obviously if you're on any of Shay's socials. You've been seeing him tweeting about it. But uh, very excited to see this. Over a hundred pages of what sounds like very. I don't know how conscious you are of this. It sounds like very Shea Serrano content. Like, it sounds like if I told someone it's a very Shea-sounding project. W- would you agree with that? <laughs> give people the pitch? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I love action movies. Uh, it seemed like an idea. This is an idea that I had in 2018 when I was working on a, a mm-hmm. movie book called Movies and Other Things. Uh, but as you mentioned, this is 105 pages. It was too long to put in a different book. Like it had to be its own standalone thing. And so I just sat on it for a while and then finally had some time to do it. Probably spent like six months working on it. But the way that it works is is much the same way you have a scouting report for a basketball player that tells you they're good at this and they're bad at this. And this is the tendency in this situation. And this is the tendency in that situation. It's like that. But you just replace the basketball players with action heroes. Now, this action hero is, is uh, with regard to action movies, they're good at this and they're bad at this. And they have this tendency and, and that tendency. You take 27 of them, bundle them all together, and here we are. Halfway books, baby. Who, 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 who did you add in there? Like, is Jean-Claude Van Damme in there? There's a yeah yeah yeah. So it was it, it was an so important. So is, is dis- it characters or actual action stars? That's oh, okay. a distinction that we need to make okay. early on. This is this is this is populated with characters, okay, not okay. actors. Gotcha, gotcha. So okay. you'll find, for example, Chance Boudreaux in there from Hard Target, so? the Jean Claude Van Damme character. Right, right. Not Jean Claude Van Damme yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, cool, 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 okay. cool. Makes sense. <clears throat> the sequel um, can be which action heroes would win in fights against action heroes. That could be. That's a maybe. That's a, a follow up. That could be a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, bre- so, break it down for us. Who, you know, what's uh, what's someone looking at? Like, they open it up. What are some of the the scouting attributes you've got? Like, what did you? I, I know when you do these projects, you get incredibly detailed. So, like, what was some of your favorite stuff? Yeah. that you got to kind of nerd out over. So, when we're breaking this down, because what you can't do is you can't just go, uh, "This person is a is a ninety five out of a hundred and move on. Like, you have to. People are not receptive to that. People want to know. How did you arrive at, at wherever you arrived? If you can explain that, even if they don't agree with it, they'll at least go, well, I see how, how he got there, right? So with the Action Hero Scouting Report, what we did is we, we established that there's this thing called an Action Hero Score. Every Action Hero has an Action Hero Score. And the way that we arrive at the Action Hero Score is, is it's a composite of six key categories. Every Action Hero is measured on these six criteria here. It's a grading rubric. Uh, the first one is the inciting event. Every action hero, every action movie you've ever watched, the person was thrust into action by some sort of event that happened. Liam Neeson and Taken. Mm-hmm. 
had his daughter kidnapped by by human traffickers in Europe. That's the inciting that event. That got to be right 100 there. out of 100. Now he's that, off. Yeah. That's a hell of an inciting event, right? <clears throat> it's a really him, good him inciting Wick, event. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. John John Wick had his dog murdered and his car stolen. That's the inciting event. Every action hero you've ever watched, there's that thing in the beginning. So we look at that. Okay, cool. And then we say, okay, how how original was it? How compelling is it? Whatever, whatever. And then we give it a score. And then we move on to the next one, uh, determination. An action hero, will, will they'll, they will face uh, impossible situations and impossible odds against impossible enemies. If your action hero is not extremely determined, they're not going to turn out so great. Um, after that, you have skills training. What sort of skills does this action hero possess? Are they, uh, uh, were they trained by a grand master of kung fu, like Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill? Or is this person just like, a very angry musician like El Mariachi and Desperado. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we have to we have to establish that. After that, the fourth one is the cool factor. An action hero, above all other things, needs to be cool. They need to look cool. They need to say cool things. They need to do cool things. Other people need to say cool things about them when they talk about them. Like you have to consider all of that. To extend that point, we have the wishnificance category. Wishnificance is a made-up <laughs> word. That we're using here to define this is the feeling you get in your chest when you're watching a movie and you're like, fuck, that dude's cool. I wish I was that dude. Like, you know how you get like, fuck. I, like, I remember when I watched Blade uh, with my wife, as soon as it was over, I was like, I got to do karate now. I'm going to karate chop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that feeling. Sometimes you watch a movie and you get that feeling. Other times you don't. So that's one of the, thing, the things we measure. And then the last part is the legacy level. And with the legacy level, we look at, did this action hero have any effect on the action movie genre or on action heroes a as a figure in cinema? Uh, if it had a big effect, like John McClane and Die Hard, who changed everything when he showed up, very high legacy level score. If they didn't have a big effect, like, uh, like Chance Boudreaux from Hard Target mm -hmm. that we mentioned, didn't really change anything. Fun character, mm -hmm. sure, but his legacy level score, not mm -hmm. super high. You add all those little numbers up, and then you get your one out of 100 action hero score. There you go. We're off and running. Okay. So, and and are, are they all good guys? Are they all heroes? Are there any anti-heroes, any villains in this? Or Well, there are a bunch of uh, anti-heroes in there, largely because action movies trended that way. Once we got to like the late 90s and, and into the 2000s, that became like the thing to do. They got they got a little bit dark in there, so you'll find some characters in there like that. But but they w there won't be anybody in there where you go like this is the villain of the movie. It's always the hero. You know what I mean? How did you decide on who to do? Because that's that's, a, that's not not a lot compared to how many action heroes exist out here. You know what I mean? Like are these like your favorite oh, movies dude. or like these your favorite characters personally or what, uh, what we wanted to do was just have a nice a nice uh, combination. Okay across different eras of action movies, across different styles of action movies. We wanted like like the John Woo, uh, like hard-boiled, like mm -hmm. that kind of action hero. We wanted the contemporary, uh, the contemporary stuff, the Ethan Hunt and the later Mission Impossible franchises. Um, we just, I just, it just needs to be a nice mix. You know what I mean? Like it's got to feel balanced when you're going through it. We need, we need Rambo in there <laughs> from 1982. We also need Furiosa from Mad Max Fury yeah. Road, like 20, you know what I mean? 20, what is that? 2016 or something like that. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a mix of them that are in there. 
So I have a sort of nerdy like process question, and Jackson encouraged me that other people would be interested in it, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. But if it's boring to you to answer, okay. just don't answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So you, know, you, you obviously had success in sort of traditional book publishing, right? New York Times bestsellers, et cetera. And you've been branching out with your, your uh, enterprise, halfwaybooks.com, and doing, putting your projects out in this way. I've been enjoying it because you can see that there's less filter between you and the product. So like, I feel like the cover of this Mm -hmm. project is a good example of that. It looks like an eighties action movie VHS cover. Like it looks Mm -hmm. like sort of Mm -hmm. what something you would have, uh, uh, have cooked up, but I'm, I'm curious about your decision to kind of transition into doing stuff under your own imprint. You know what I mean? That's not something I haven't seen a lot of writers outside of like, poets who do chat books and stuff like that you know i haven't seen people who've been new york times bestsellers go i want to put this out online i want to do it my way and i'm starting this website and i'm going to do it so what, what kind of led you to go down that road with with your recent projects it just seemed like a fun thing to do like sometimes there are projects that you want to work on that they're a little too long to just be like a, a thing you can pitch to a, a pop culture website but they're a little too short that they can be like actual printable standalone books. So you're, you have this like middle area, these like little passion projects that you want to spend maybe six months working on. And they're anywhere from 30 to 100 pages. Uh, and But you, it's still like a thing I want to do and I want to put out and I want to work on it. And so if I can't find anybody else to do it, then I'm just going to do it myself and, and see what happens. And then, you know, we've done a few of them at this point at Halfway Books and and each time they do a little bit better than the last, and it's really nice to see uh, to see that support that's growing. Um, it's just like a fun thing to work on. You know what else am I gonna? I'm a professional writer. I, I'm supposed to be writing things, so <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking write and see what happens. It, it seems like you're always dropping something. It's like you, you have endless cool ideas. It feels like like how do you stay inspired? You know, as a writer, always coming up with new stuff that's just super interesting. Well, well, here's the the thing, John. You're gonna appreciate this because you you're feeling this now yourself too. Every single every single morning when I wake up, when I open my eyes in the morning, I know at a bare minimum, a bare minimum, husband to a beautiful, intelligent wife, father to three handsome, smart boys. I'm responsible for 15 meals every single day for the rest of my life, no matter what. Every time I open my eyes in the morning, oh, fuck, okay, 15. At a minimum, 15 plates of food I need to provide. You just you know stress I mean? me out. You got to work. You got you, you to gotta do the work. And that's, re- that's, that's all that it is. Like, I got to do the work. And if I'm not going to do the work, then well, who, who's going to care? That's, that's how that, you know. That's how capitalism gets you, baby. But the ideas are actually good. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, it never feels like you're writing to in order to feed kids. You know, it feels like you're writing for love <laughs> and fun. You know what I mean? It just happens to feed your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely I definitely only work on the stuff that I want to work on now and the stuff that I'm like excited about. I think that's important. All, all of my favorite things when I when I read them or when I listen to them, you can hear that you can hear that the person talking about it cares about it, or you can see it on the page that they right. care about it. That's always my favorite stuff to consume. So if I'm going to work on something, a book, one of these things, like I know this is going to be a chunk of my life for a while, so I'm going to do something that that I want to do. But also, but also, that's like 
the business part of it because you know you know if if you're going to put a thing out and you if you put something out that 25 other people have already put out well now the consumer the audience has 25 different options to like get the thing they get, they don't have to pick yours they can go somewhere else but if you're the only person doing that thing you sort of force the the audience's hand like like when you guys do the beast battle I thought the I thought the the really smart thing that y'all did here. It's not just like a, a tiger versus a lion or whatever. You're like, no, we have to level the playing field. We're going to do this thousand pound cap thing on it, right? That that changed everything. Nobody had done that before. So when y'all did that, that's why I was so excited about it. I was so excited to talk to my son about it because like a, a gorilla versus a rat or whatever. That's not a fair competition. But a couple of gorillas versus two hundred rats. Oh, now I got to think about it a little bit. Like now it becomes interesting and it becomes, and it becomes fun. So when, whenever I'm working on a, a project to put out, I got, like I spend a sizable amount of time in the beginning being like, what's the thing I can do that feels like, uh, like what Mike was saying, like a thing I'm interested in, but that also has like a, a, an interesting or a, what I'm hoping is an interesting or new spin on it to, to get people excited about it. This, it should always be an idea like with the action hero scattering report where all I have to do is say, you know, how they do scattering reports for basketball players. Yep. All right. It's that, but it's action heroes. And everybody goes, Oh, okay. I get it. You don't even have to see what's on the page yet, but you get like in your head what you think it might be. So you're always looking for your 205 pound rats. Is, is what <laughs> yeah. <you're laughs> like, what is my 205 pound rats in this idea is what you're, you're looking for. That's ex that's exactly right. Because that changes it changes every single thing. I think a, a very easy example to do is is like several years ago. I remember uh, um, the Carter Three was celebrating a big like a ten year anniversary or something. So this is what twenty eighteen, and I knew every person who wrote about rap and every publication was going to write something about that album. So you can't like I can't compete with somebody like like Wesley Morris at the New York mm -hmm. Times. Like I could him if him and I both wrote the same thing, he's gonna fucking blow me out of the water every single time. He's just too talented. Doreen St. Felix. I can't write how she writes. Like I have to think of a different thing. So I just was like with the little Wayne thing, spent a bunch of time reading old interviews, listening to old albums, like trying to figure out a way in that nobody else is 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 gonna do. And then I, in that situation, I think what ended up happening was uh, I was listening to one of the old tapes and he said something like flow so sick make you want to throw your food up that's the line on the on that he says on the carter and then uh on the carter three and then he says it like one more time later on and then i was like wait i feel like i've heard him say this a bunch so then i just went and listened through all of his tapes and wrote down every single time he did, did flow so sick make you want to flow so sick make you want to flow so sick and i'm like i'm just going to do a whole article where it's like how like literally how <laughs> sick was he when he had this moment. like because there are some of them where he's like flow like where he like calls in the name uh, cancer and like a couple of them like oh he was re like actually really sick right like you know what i mean and then you put and then you put that out so everybody else is doing one thing and then you try to go the other way and then you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but that's like what you got to do it feels like so so how, how do you actually feel about the process of writing because i know so many writers have a love-hate relationship with it so many writers are like the best thing about writing is actually just finishing it and having that sense of completion like do you enjoy the process of it because like like john said you know you put out a bunch of stuff like real high volume so do you like love the process of it or do you love kind of you know the satisfaction of, of getting things completed i i enjoy the process of it i really like researching uh i really like i really like the way it feels 
when a thing snaps into place and you know, oh, there it is. Okay, great, great, great. Now, now, now I'm running. I really like the way that feels. I really like the way it feels when you're done and you get to look at it and put it out. And then I especially like you write the thing, you publish the thing, it's out, and then it's gone. What's the mm. next thing? You know what I mean? Like, I, like there's a small period in there where you get to be like, yeah, and then you got to get right back to it. But that, that little small break that you get feels really, really good, and it's like a thing I'm always chasing. How, how many short stories or, or books do you have that aren't finished, that you started, but you, they, they didn't make it to completion? Are you a person that just, I'm going to fight through it, or you're like, I'm going to put this put this to the side? Because you said, you know, this idea came in like 2018, and uh, it's just now coming out, so... Yeah, it's usually it's usually uh, I will tinker with a thing, and then if it feels like it has legs, then I'll chase mm -hmm. it down. And if it feels like it doesn't, then I'll just discard mm -hmm. it really quickly. So, so the last thing I put out before this was last year in October, a short story called "The Abduction," and and it was about a guy who gets abducted by aliens. But again, the the go left when everybody is else is going to go right. The idea for that one was. You watch any alien abduction movie, they abduct a guy, he's up on the ship, and then he's like, oh my God, aliens, uh, help me, like fire in the sky. He's terrified, right? He's like, they always abduct a wimp, a wimp, a wimp. What happened if they accidentally abduct, like they get a guy up there and it turns out he's fucking John Wick. And now he's just fucking ripping aliens <laughs> apart and killing them. Like, so that's what the story ended up being. But that one really early on, I was like, oh, this feels like it would be a fun thing to write. This feels like it has legs. Let me go ahead and chase that down. But there have been a bunch where you start it and you go, oh, this is this was a funny tweet. It's not a funny book mm -hmm, book chapter mm -hmm. or yeah, funny yeah. article. You know what I mean? You, you spoke about Fire in the Sky. That movie scared the shit out of me in seventh grade. Fucking terrifying. Bro, I slept with all terrifying. the lights on. I was sleeping in the basement at that time period in middle school. Slept with all the lights on downstairs. Mom came down like... Why you got all the damn lights on and shit? You know what I'm saying? What got me to sleep was there was a brown and tan rug, like rug or like blanket that was sitting in the hamper. And I swore I saw Jesus's face in it. And so I was like, okay, Jesus is with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm safe. safe now. I'm safe. <laughs> if the aliens come, white Jesus is there to save me. Thank you, white likeness of Caucasian so, Jesus. <laughs> seventh grade in May, since it got Dude. me to sleep. I might never slept again if I didn't see that white man in that damn in that damn blanket. So <laughs> it was it was scary when you watched it as a kid. It's still scary if you I watch seen it today. It since. I might tap in just off the strip, but it, woo, that shit. When the jelly falls off the table, there's syrup onto the him, and he flashes back into being the them running the tests on oh it. Fucking God, forget bro. about it. And it's and it's partly the, forget and they, about they said, it. They said it's, it's it's inspired by true events, right? It's like based on a true story, correct? That's, That's what they what say. They say I, but yeah, yeah, that didn't. That didn't I, happen. It made me feel like it did, though. <laughs> In seventh grade, it wasn't. Yeah, ninety-five. It really did. I was certain it, really it was did. a true story. You feel me? When uh, when I rewatched it, I was at, I was in New Mexico for a couple of a uh, couple of months last summer, and I was a few hours away from Roswell, and I was like, well, I'm not going to drive to mm -hmm. Roswell, but since I'm in New Mexico, I'm, I'm I'll just rewatch all of the movies <laughs> with aliens in them, just for like over the course of two or three weeks. And when I got to that one, I was like, fuck, this is, I'm going to watch this one during the day. That's what I'm going to do with this one. I'm going to watch it at night. Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a moment where I was so scared. I just went upstairs and just stood in the hallway 
and my mom came mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and she was <laughs> scared the shit out of her. What the fuck? She squared <laughs> off with me. And she was like, boy, you don't get your ass back downstairs. <laughs> I was so messed up that entire night, bro. Golly. Hell Crazy. yeah. <clears throat> uh, Shay, if we could. Tell Blanket Jesus. Thank, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, white Jesus. Thank God Blanket, was one, Blanket was one wrinkle away from looking like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but it gave you comfort. <laughs> thank you, white Blanket Jesus. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt there somewhere. Lennon and Hosea saved, uh, saved John's life, thank God. Um, Shay, if we could talk basketball for a minute. You are a Spurs fan. and I, Oh, we, yeah, baby. We, I know he's a proud papa right now. Yeah. <laughs> So is Wemby going to be the best basketball player of all time or the second best basketball player? of Like, where are you on the optimism to pessimism scale? We are so back. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I watched that, I watched that first summer league game. And I was like, oh, he's yeah. falling down a bunch of times, guys. <laughs> not looking, he's not looking real great. He's not looking real great. But game two? Oh, I was feeling real good. You couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> After game two, I think it's going to be good. There was a bunch of stuff that, that you, when you watch the games, like you saw him competing against NBA level talent was, was exciting to see. Uh, but some of the stuff he was doing was really like small stuff that stood out to me. And one, the, the thing of him falling down when he fell down, cause it did happen a bunch of times. It seemed to me like he fell down in a way that was protecting himself. One one play in particular during I think it was the second game. He's on the left side of the of the rim. He puts the, the shot up, uh, but they just foul him. And him and the defender both are falling down at the same time. And there's a very very like clear moment of when you see him with his long gigantic eight foot long <laughs> legs brings them up like so that the guy doesn't fall on top of them. Very like a small little thing, but you're like, oh, that's right. He spent his whole last few years being seven foot ten. Like he's used to this. He under, he falls down in a way that to me, he you watch Anthony Davis fall I down. Say it. Like a tree falling onto like somebody that was six Just one and woke like a, up and was almost seven foot. That's how he falls <laughs> yeah. down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fall, he falls down like a right. toddler where they just go like oh I'm going right. down no like, self protection you know I mean? <laughs> yeah 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 Wim, Wimby Wimby was not doing it but it was little stuff like that that I was watching I was like man this is this is really exciting but the thing to me that stood out the most was for the last five six years or whatever it's not been like super exciting to turn on a Spurs game I couldn't remember what that felt like but I knew when the summer league game was going to happen. I knew what time it was going to happen. I like planned my day to be in front of my TV. I called my, my, my oldest son who plays basketball, sit with me for the first half of this game. We're going to watch Wimby. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was the thing that I appreciated the most. Just being excited. You can feel it in the city. Mm. We're excited. We're ready for the season to start. Like, please let me buy my Spurs tickets right now. Like, like, we're back, baby. That's what it feels like. I'm so excited. That, that's the best thing as a father. Are you doing the math? Like, like I, I do that with with my son and and different teams. Like, oh, Bron signed for three years. You'll you'll be in high school. You know what I mean? Like, are you doing that yeah, math yeah, yeah. of like, okay, you and your youngest son? Like, wow, he's Wemby could get us all the way through high school where we have these moments to watch games together and shit. He can he can take us all the way through there. You know what happened the other day? I went in the the because we have twins and then the baby. And I, when I say the oldest son, I mean the twin who can't use one minute earlier than the other one. Uh, but I went in his room and he was playing 2K on his computer and it was like 
uh, Spurs and Warriors. And I was like, hey, do they got Wimby on there? And he was like, yeah, they got Wimby on there. And I was like, that's fucking, that rules. I'm so happy you're playing with the Spurs. And he was like, I'm, I'm playing with the Warriors. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, that guy. This is, this is awful. This is terrible. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Internet dropped out. Sorry, son. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to the router. I don't know what's going on with it. That's hilarious. All right. Well, Shay, thanks for being so generous with your time. Everyone, once again, that's halfwaybooks.com for the new project. Sounds like it's going to be super fun. Over 100 pages of electronic book from the one and only Shay Serrano. Shay, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, baby. Appreciate Thank you all so much. much sure. Appreciate you, my boy. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.